So I joined Mastodon six or seven weeks ago, and I've been pretty impressed with the caliber of conversation that happens there. It's deeper, it's kinder, it's ad-free, no algorithm, unlike what you get and used to get on Twitter. But I've noticed something about the discourse there that does kind of rub me the wrong way. Now, disclaimer, this might just be my experience. Maybe I'm following the wrong people. But at least on my timeline, Mastodon is obsessed with Twitter all day, every day. 80 plus percent of the posts on Mastodon are about the latest ridiculous tweet from Twitter's new owner, about someone that he's banned, about some way that he's undermining the broader internet, and about ways that people should fight back. Now listen, I understand that people are processing some big feelings about losing Twitter or losing the Twitter that they knew. Some people lost their community. Some people lost their livelihood. A lot of people lost their sense of purpose online, and it's okay to grieve those losses. And at the same time, for those of us who have departed, I understand that it can feel cathartic to celebrate Twitter's seeming disintegration or, more positively, to celebrate the waves of users who are making the leap over to more open places like Mastodon. But there's something very familiar and disturbing about the way that Twitter's owner and Twitter itself are dominating the conversation everywhere online, especially in places like Mastodon. I say familiar because other very public figures have followed similar playbooks in recent years. Post something provocative online, get people really upset, and then profit from the waves of attention that break over you in the aftermath. The Twitter CEO tweets these things because he knows it gets people so upset, because it keeps the eyes of the obsessively online world fixed on him and fixed on contributing to the conversation on his network. When you feel outraged, it's hard not to want to weigh in. Many times you just want to say something like, hey, we've got him this time, or, or just, it's happening, dot gif. But any sort of response, whether positive or negative, effectively feeds that outrage cycle and makes it grow that much stronger. We're throwing attention back to Twitter, delighting the trolls and teeing everything up to start all over again. Over the weekend, there were at least two full cycles, two full examples of this outrage attention cycle that Twitter leveraged. One happened when Twitter announced very stringent rules against linking to competing social networks and the broader internet raged against this hypocrisy. It happened again when Twitter's CEO posted a disingenuous public poll about stepping down as CEO. Everyone and their grandmother and their grandfather rushed back to Twitter to vote, and many of them probably reactivated accounts that they had very publicly deactivated just a few days before. Anyways, my point is that venting about Twitter online may feel cathartic, may feel good, but it's ultimately counterproductive. Ironically, it perpetuates the attention cycle that Twitter relies on for its advertising revenue. As Anthony DeRosa describes it, Twitter is monetizing a car crash. And, and I'm driving around the crash site, craning my neck for another peek at a collision 
or explosion and shouting my pithy commentary out the window. So how should we react to the daily disaster that's happening over on Twitter? Well, I, speaking for myself, I need to drive away from that crash site. I need to stop peeking for the next collision. Uh, and most of all, I need to resist the temptation to weigh in. In short, I think it's time to let Twitter go, uh, to give up on it, regardless of whether there's a new owner and, or a new CEO uh, or a new troll in chief. Adding my disgust to the conversation is not helping the internet get better. It's not building a, a better home for people online. Instead, what if we took the time we've been wasting on the Twitter apocalypse these last seven weeks and invested it somewhere else in building something new and different and weird and exciting that's on a platform that's not owned by a billionaire, something that doesn't pad Twitter's pockets with more engagement. So what if you built up the live sports conversation about your favorite team on the Fediverse or fostered a thriving community of Broadway fans all nerding out about the latest musicals? What if you started that podcast that you've been daydreaming about, all about that very obscure, very arcane hobby, uh, like uh, Star Trek or exploring abandoned buildings or sourdough bread or bird watching? Because that's what Mastodon and the broader internet need more of. A million different conversations about a million different passions not one more post that perpetuates the exhausting Twitter outrage cycle. Let me know what you're thinking. Have you had enough Twitter watching or are you still eating it up? Are there reasons we need to hold the billionaire owner to account that we need to continue centering him in our conversations? I'd invite you to weigh in and send me your thoughts.